Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining. We got another episode. We're up to number 96. And today I'm sitting down with my good friend, Sean Wood, and really excited. We're going to do uh, a little bit of a deep dive into all things content creation, consistency, uh, transformation that can come from uh, really this consistent almost borderline on over the top daily <laughs> daily repetition or daily practice so without further ado uh, let's jump into it you're listening to john marsh and this is the access potential podcast all right sean thank you for carving out some time uh jumping in if you're listening i just messaged sean about an hour ago <laughs> to line this one up so i'm super excited thanks for coming over thank you for having me back john <laughs> second podcast that we've done together so yeah correct i'm glad i got the invite back <laughs> yeah, yeah that was uh that was a while ago yeah it was so today i want to go kind of straight into it uh and really you know you've been doing a lot of uh vlogging daily and i noticed this kind of a couple of weeks ago and we were chatting uh yesterday yep yesterday about the power of the daily doing something daily and I've, yep. I've always kind of said that daily i i feel it's easier than weekly but i really want to get some value for people like in terms of um you know because content and small businesses all these different practices which come up all the time so talk us through the context like how have you how did this daily thing come about give us a backstory uh in terms of ending up where you're at and then maybe we can dive into like kind of the power of doing things daily sure um so if we we go right back i'll be really quick but i come from i've been i checked the other day i've been uploading content to youtube for 14 years um youtube started 14 15 years ago in the february i started uploading the next year in the march mm. so i've been on youtube since almost day one um i'm a parkour athlete and i had a couple of friends around we started a parkour team and our whole thing was content. Like I have a content mindset. However, um, I stopped working with, with those guys and went on sort of a personal journey. And during that journey, somewhere along the line, I, some things happened and um, I moved away from using content as my own personal creative outlet. Um, and slowly I worked myself away from the self-belief of being able to create. And then, through some life events, I, I come up with this force that we've talked so much about called resistance. Um, and this force for me is the force that was uh, an insecurity that even though rationally I knew that my work was good enough to put out there, I wasn't able to push through this force. And I, I can't explain how many unfinished projects that I have in my, my hard drive at home. So my whole, my whole journey over the last two or three years has been about finding my voice again and um, getting to the position where I'm okay with, with letting go of the stuff that I'm putting out there. And this all started about a year ago where I started a podcast as well. And I, I started bringing on interview guests within the parkour community. And what I found is because I didn't have... I had my credibility from being an athlete, but the podcasting stuff was still really new within the parkour space. So people didn't really, weren't jumping on it the way that they do now. So to build credibility, 
I had to go and do something which I found out off a podcasting friend the other day um, that is seen as quite difficult in podcasting and that's doing solo casts. Apparently with a lot of podcasters, they don't like to do solo casts. So I went down the solo cast avenue and over the last year, I've, I started upping the frequency and started putting out um, a lot of you know podcast content. Mm-hmm. And then coronavirus and COVID hit and my source of income is marketing. I, I help um, small to medium sized brands with Facebook marketing, Facebook pay-per-click um, is sort of my source of income. However, I was working with a gym and some e-commerce brands and almost overnight I went from having you know clients to nothing. And it took me a, a month, you know, I had about a month where I was freaking out like everyone else was. Um, and, you know, I don't want to be tone deaf. You know, I, I understand that there's a lot of people still going through um, a lot of stuff because of COVID, especially in America. However, this is, I can share my journey and, and ways that I've managed to sort of get through that. Um, and so what I did is I was, I was sitting there and I thought to myself, um, what can I do at the moment with, with what I'm creating um, to get myself out of the position that I'm in now. And I've read every book under the sun. Um, and what I knew rationally was that what I should do, especially because of people like Seth Godin, I thought I should just double down on, on what I'm doing. So I started upping the frequency of the podcast. I went from uploading, uh, once, once a week or once every two weeks to consistently uploading three times a week. And I noticed my, um, my listenership just like double on the spot, which mm. isn't a surprise. Um, and I started getting this positive feedback again. It was growing for the first time it had been in quite a while. Um, and so I started to, to notice that the, the frequency was having a positive effect. Then on top of that, what I started noticing was even though it's a, a parkour podcast within the niche of parkour, people who know me, people in my life also, they'll see me post it and they'll quite often click on and have a listen. Mm. And very quickly, I started seeing leads come in. Um, And over the course of doubling, you know, over the course of a couple of weeks of doubling down on my podcast, suddenly I was getting marketing inquiries about helping other people, helping other people build their own podcasts. So then I was able to use my skill set of um, my Facebook marketing and then my skill set of uh, podcasting. And mm-hmm. I actually am now working with a podcast studio here in Newcastle, helping clients within that studio, um, you know, build their podcasts and bring traffic, which means they can sell to more, uh, sell advertising space within those podcasts. Yeah. Um, do you want me, is that too long? Or? Well, I want to go, I want to back up because you t- talked about something really significant that I want to go into, which I kind of talk a lot about, but not so much on the podcast. And that is, um, that's the resistance, right? Like, so, because no matter who you are, if you're listening and you're, you know, you know you you're wanting to do some some content or you know you're wanting to whatever it is right like resistance comes into everything there's a thing you consciously know is going to move the needle on your business and you don't let's say it's let's say it's content marketing and um and it doesn't happen or it happens for for two weeks and then it doesn't happen so let's talk through that for you in terms of how that shows up how it showed up and it 
always will show up, but like how that showed up then, how it derailed your processes, what were the ups and downs like mentally? Because when it's not there, you're on top of the world, right? Yeah. And then it's there and it's like everything else remains the same. It's like, what happened? Yeah. Um, take us into the resistance a little bit uh, on any of the platforms, the blog or the podcast. How did that feel? What did you do? How's that process been? Um, so with the team that I created with my friends when I was in my early 20s, um, I, I still have ne not fully processed if it was a good thing for my creative journey or not, but we were uploading parkour videos to YouTube and we were, we were generating a lot of views early on. So I think where a lot of my resistance has come was from one, I was surrounded by these incredible athletes who, when I dropped off for a while, continued doing, um, continued putting out content and these guys, you know, have really, really grown their followings. So when I jumped back into the content game, a lot of my resistance came from comparing myself to them yeah. and seeing that they were still doing a hundred thousand, you know, team Farang, my team just released a video two days ago. It's sitting on 20,000 views already, yeah. you know? So when I was in that lower state of, you know, not seeing a lot of value in myself, I was um, constantly comparing myself to what they, they were doing and then what I was putting out and not matching that. I'm very lucky that over the last two years, I've, I've gone through a journey um, and the question that I've come to ask myself is like, am I good enough? And this is, I, mean, I think what has helped me to let go and realize, you know, to jump to the end, yes, I am. And it started with um, the, the physical practice of teaching parkour. Um, so I was a high level parkour athlete and I was surrounded by the best parkour athletes in the world. So when I came back to Australia and people told me that I should start teaching, I said, okay. However, when I went into a movement gym, I was like, I kind of had this um, self-doubt of like, who's gonna wanna learn from me, mm. right? And so I found out very quickly that a lot of people would and that the skills that I had at that time were good enough. <laughs> and I went into this, the movement collective, I started teaching and I taught there for nine months and had a lot of positive feedback and it was one of the popular classes there. And so it was the first time since that part of the journey that I went, okay, here I was like, maybe I can't trust myself. Here I am in my own narrative saying, there's not a lot of people that would want to learn from me because I'm not as good as the best in the world. But then there's this, this market here of people that want to learn from me. Mm. With the company that we built with my friends, my role within that company was a lot of the content marketing. So once again, the second chance that I had um, to, to test this out and realize that maybe I can't trust myself all the time was then getting picked up by a, a Facebook marketing agency, learning it very quickly, and then taking on my own clients in a very small amount of time. I had some things I had to learn, but when I got picked up from the agency, I was like, mm, I don't know if I'll be able to contribute very much here. Mm. And then in a very short amount of time, I was servicing my own clients. So that was like the second time. Then with the podcast, the same thing happened. And so there was a, a trend starting to come here where I was telling myself, I'm, no one's gonna want this thing from me mm. because there's people out there that can do it better than me. And then I would go and do that thing and very quickly realize that just the act of doing it is 
more, it already puts you, like almost sets you apart from the majority of people because <laughs> we all feel that, yeah. we all feel, we all have that narrative that we're not good enough. It doesn't matter what position within a company you are, the, the, the joke is that every, you know, no one actually knows what they're doing, right? And if you're in a room and you are certain of yourself and what you're doing, you might be the only person in that room that is certain of themselves. So that was the third, it was the podcast. And then I was like, okay, people are listening. And then very recently, um, you know, I doubled down on the podcast and to go back to where I am now and what part of the journey I am. There was one part of my creative outlet that I, I wasn't um, part of my, my creativity, my creative artistry. There was one part of my life that I just wasn't contributing to and that was photo and video. And for the first time in probably two or three years, I went in with a different posture for the first time. I went in going, hey, this is something that I, I know that I'm pretty good at. You know, I, in the past, I have, um, I've done this, I've made beautiful videos with my friends before, I've worked, I've worked corporate work, I've worked all types of work within um, filmmaking and photography. How about I try going in and having a little bit of belief in myself? Um, and that's where this 30 day challenge came in because I, I realized that I am good enough, but like every tool, um, it needs to be forged. You need to practice that tool to be good at it. And I recognized I haven't really done any photography or video in a couple of years. So how do I up the urgency? How do I get back to where I was as quick as possible? And that's where this 30 day challenge came to me. And I went, all right, 21 days to make or break a habit. You know, mm -hmm. social psychology, they say that. And I was like, but I believe something that I want, a theory I want to test is that the amount of progress that you can make in skill acquisition in 30 days is like intangible. Mm -hmm. I, I personally believe you can get very good at something obviously not a master, but you can make huge progress in 30 days. Mm. I was like, what if I challenge myself to 30 days of um, creating content every day, sharpen my tools of photography and video, storytelling, creativity, getting the shot, and I dedicated to it. And within the first seven days, just the progress from day one to day seven was like incredible. Mm. And so, yeah, that's sort of been, the probably four steps to that stage of overcoming resistance just through realizing like we can't always trust ourselves mm. and the story that we tell ourselves may not be the most correct one unless you go out and actually try the thing then then you need to you need to go and try the thing to be sure you know it might have been no maybe i'm not good enough but what is really what is there to lose mm. <laughs> you know? yeah yeah the story we tell ourselves i don't think it often is correct I think it's completely, I think it's arbitrary. It's either too high, too low, but the chances of it being correct are like one in a billion, right? Yeah. It's just a made up narrative based off of the past. Yeah. Um, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about this concept of daily. And I, I, I agree, like when I work with a, with a small business and they're looking to start content creation, um there's this big like sort of three month create workbook thing we can go through but before we get to that because that's like that's some work behind it it's like maps out everything right it's like we do this thing called my first 10 and it's 10 10 posts 10 little stories 10 talk about your mentor talk about 
you know, the first time you did something, just, it doesn't even need to be high level education. Yeah. It's just to get used to the practitionership and the distribution and publishing and then the fear. Um, and even in 10 posts or 10 repetitions of the creating across, uh, we normally do it across two weeks, five days on, two day rest on the weekend, yeah. go again. Um, it's massive. Yeah. The difference in tone and the ability to just relax and articulate more clearly by the end is completely different. And then, of course, resistance comes in. It's like, all right, got to kind of encourage it again. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like what, what, tell, talk to me about, because the thing is you got to have trust yeah. that it's going to do something. Because the story in here's saying, oh, I'm crap, I can't do it, it's not going to work. Uh and you do one, two, three, and that story's still saying this isn't working. What's talk, talk to us about how you feel about the, oh, I'm just gonna keep going. I'm just gonna see what happens. Like that little element, cause that's a, that's a, that's a different road, right? You can stop with, oh, I'm gonna just keep going and see. Yeah. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. Um, I, I think it starts with, why we're doing this content you know it's and i think there are some foundations that may need to be um laid before we even jump into something like a 10 day or a 30 day and being as clear of what the intention of the content is because unfortunately we live in this generation now where people believe or people have because of pl platforms like tiktok which i i really like tiktok and i think there's so much value in tiktok in the world but unfortunately, it seems that people think if it doesn't get 100,000, 10,000, or even 1,000 views, then it's not valuable content. And that I don't believe that's true, unless you're trying to get picked up by Red Bull or some huge corporate brand. Like, I asked myself the question, like, who am I trying to serve? And what I realized is that my minimum viable audience for what I'm trying to do is maybe a couple of hundred people. I want to create content that really changes the life of young parkour practitioners who want to become pro athletes. I've worked out my why now and it took a while to get there, but I don't need to get as many views as I was getting when I was making purely entertainment content with Team Farang. Mm. So when I, when I started to realize that the, yeah, the minimum viable audience, audience is 100 or 200 or 300 people that I'm serving really, um, really hard, like, to a, a, um, I'm serving a lot of value too, then that already took a lot of weight off my, um, off my chest. Because if we were standing at the starting line for a running race and the running race was a marathon, which is a million views or 400 meters, which is 400 people watching my content, mm. I'm gonna feel a lot more comfortable running the 400 meter race mm. starting from scratch. Maybe one day I'll be able to run the marathon if I do the reps and I do the 400 meters and then work up to 800. Mm. But we have to build capacity. Mm. Like everything in life, if I jump, when we jump straight in trying to run the marathon, then we're, we're going to fail. So the, having a clear why, who you're trying to serve, um, for me was, took a lot of pressure off me, um, if that makes any sense. Totally, yeah. It, it, it. It comes up a lot with especially people starting out in business because they'll look across in their niche, see someone get a lot of views on things. And the language that I hear quite often is, 
you know, and they might be in the first few clients. And yeah. the language that I hear is like, uh, my stuff's not getting any traction. Yeah. Traction, traction. And I'm like, tell me more, right? Like, yeah. let's let's go into that a little bit. Yeah. And um, sometimes it's missing the forest for the trees, so to speak. Yeah, like, yeah. they're looking at some form of a number of this, if that's the goal, yeah. relative to actually the goal is to you've got one person watching yeah let's start a conversation yeah. like have an interesting conversation like yeah. that's that's especially when you're at, at the fertile zero you know that's a client maybe that's someone who might tell someone that's that's really important that value their trust and attention i do have a different version to add and i think this is just as important as well because i've considered this a lot and it's asking yourself the question of like actually do you want your first piece of content to be seen? You know, because the strong argument could be made, and this is something, this is the process of, you know, um, relearning the craft that I'm going through right now or, or brushing up on my skills. Firstly, I've seen over and over again within the parkour community, the, the curse of, I call it the curse of going viral. Yeah. And that's getting your first piece of content to a million views. It's like the person who wins on the poker machines for the first time when they're You've broken 18 that, and they become lifelong gamblers yeah. because now they think they're going to win all the time. And that happens with viral content. People mm. get this million views and that, you know, enter the one, one hit wonder. And then anything under that is seen as not successful. Mm. Then if you're trying to create a story, if you're trying to create community or culture, you have to have substance to your work. Mm. So if you get the million views and people go looking for the backlog and there's no backlog there, then there's no depth to the message. There's mm. no depth to what you're trying to create. Mm. So you almost want your stuff to get no views for a period of time. Yeah. I would actually not be happy if I got a million views tomorrow right now because I haven't fully refined exactly where I'm going with this. And I want for when that happens, when it does happen sometime in the next two years, I want people to be able to get, like spend a week on my channel catching up with, mm. wow, like I, I want to align myself with this person. There's a, there's a message here. If I go to someone like Tim Ferriss's YouTube or his podcast, I can spend weeks of my life learning about what the message, message is that Tim Ferriss has. I've got some really old videos of that, but not with the message that I'm currently um, trying to convey in the world. So mm. I want my content to get more views six months from now. So if you take that into consideration, I think that's another thing that could ease the pressure of feeling like you have to get a lot of views straight away. Mm. Yeah, I, well, and also your nervous system's not gonna be ready for more than five views. Like yeah. at the start, you, you it, it all is in the, it, it is all perfect, right? Yeah. It all just works. Uh, it's like when people say that the al they don't like algorithms or whatever, and it's like, well, when you create something that's good, people talk about it, and that you know what I mean. It plays in, it works. Yeah. Like organic reach still works if you're smallest viable audience and you have something that's powerful. Yeah. It's the same old thing. Yeah. Um, what about so this backstory thing? Something that I've seen a few times because I'm a big believer in this also that the story, everything is story. Yeah. Everything is story. Like what's happening in Corona COVID shutdown and isolation. 
what the business owners then went and did. Did how did they intertwine us into their story over the last three months? Mm. Did they go dark? Mm. Like did they share like maybe they got a job in the supermarket? Yeah. Like that's to me that's cool because they took or did they open up in a different way and involve us somehow there or go online or whatever it is. Uh, the story that resonates and continuing to tell the story, I think, is really powerful. Uh, sometimes I'll see somebody come into content and change change up something, change up a brand or a logo, and then delete all of the backlog to try to have starting fresh. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that and what comes up for you? And, you know, say if that backlog had you... You know, you look back and you oh, I didn't, oh, I wasn't good enough or whatever. Like, talk to me a, a little bit more about this concept of backlog and your where you've come from and and the storytelling. Yeah, I think that it definitely. Um, I've been one of those people. I've definitely, you know, I've been on Instagram a long time as well, and there's been periods where I've archived a thousand photos. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've done that. At I've, once? Uh, yeah, I went through and, and archived the whole backlog. So it went to zero? Uh, I went to, I went from 1400 photos to 400. Yeah. yeah. Select ones or just the last Yeah, 2, yeah, it was, and it, it really came from this place of trying to recreate my image and what I wanted to see people, um, what I wanted people yeah. to see me as now. Um, I did, I actually went through the process two nights ago of re-uploading um, no, not re-uploading, unprivating a bunch of YouTube videos that had been on private for a long time. Um, so I could probably explain where the privating went from, uh, where the need to private those, that content came from at the time, and then now how I feel about it, mm. that I've unprivated it. Yeah, because there's going to be people going through, like there's people going through this, and I hear this, oh, They'll send me something to review. Yeah. And I'll be like, I can't find it. And yeah. Oh, hold on, it's it's still private. And I get that too, because yeah. not everything's like there's special cases, right? Yeah. But just generally speaking, like talk about that and yeah. old footage and that kind of stuff. I, I believe for me personally, the privating came from a place of like um pain. I was privating because I wanted to detach myself from from that image at the time just get real clear what is privating like just tell like, so I, I, I didn't I, I didn't delete the content but i put it on private so no one else could see it that's other than uh, myself. on youtube youtube and in instagram archiving okay. um, yeah so however as i've gone along my personal journey i've realized that that backstory for me is 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 empowering and and very much part of who i am but it took a it took a quite a long time for me to be able to see that myself. Mm. Um, kind of that self acceptance. Self acceptance for yeah. sure, um, and I guess depending on what it you know like there may be very you know I've heard of people privating stuff because you know they they're an athlete and there's people they're drinking alcohol and there's very logical reasons. But for the story that I'm trying to create of, of someone who's been in the parkour game for a very long time, like there's, there's, I, I need, yeah, I mean, I need to be, I, I believe that my backstory is one of my 
my greatest assets. It's your strength. Yeah, 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 one of my strengths. Yeah. And I think anyone's story is a strength. This is the yeah. whole thing that because some people listening might go, oh, I didn't do parkour. But like, I, I love finding an old picture of like when you're eight years old or something. It's like, put that stuff out. Like, yeah. I wish there was more, you know. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I, I guess the word that resonates me, resonates with me at the moment and I'm, you know, considering a lot is, is surrendering, um, just surrender in general. Like it's, it's my word at the moment. I always have a word that, that I'm sort of working on at the moment. And surrendering is, for me, is just surrender to the fact that everything that has happened is who I am. And if I want to come in from a loving place of self-love and loving for the people in my life and I want to um, continue this journey of, of moving forward as a parkour athlete, a, a contributor, a creator, if I want to be able to give back to the community, I have to be proud of what I've done. I have to be proud of where I've come from. Um, so it, un, the, the process of unprivating that stuff or putting it back online was almost a, um, uh, a process of self-acceptance mm. and being like, this is where I am now. Mm. I'm proud of where I've come from. I'm proud of what I've done. And it's, I have felt that that has added to, because now it, there is that backlog of work for people to go look at. You know, mm. there's, there's videos there, you know, that one video I had on private, which was like the national, the Australian national gathering video from 2007 or 2008. Like that's, it's got like all the top athletes in Australia and for some reason at some point I decided to put that on private. Now you'll probably repost it. As yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for me, I mean, it comes, it's more of been a, like a bit of a spiritual journey of just self-acceptance. Um, and yeah. I feel like the, the privating of, of content came from a place of um, not having a clear direction of where I was going and just a little bit of... Um, uh, yeah, a bit of a place of pain and, and now I've worked through that and I'm proud of that. So mm. yeah, I don't know if that's really contributed that much, but that's just the way that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think let's go back just to round it all out. Uh, and this is something that I wouldn't have ever thought that I would be talking about 10 years ago. Um, but for me, the, the blog, it's mostly the blog. There's been other content, but the blog was December 12, 2017. 920 or something posts every day and it is transformative like about 100 posts in even 30 but then really 100 and then like 500 or so there's a trust in yourself knowing that you are going to put something out to the world that crosses over it transcends the blog it goes to other things maybe it's speaking yeah you got to learn a little bit of a different skill or learn the technology or whatever but the the publishing it's the it's you know because you can journal which is cool too it's different stays in the book but when you push it out and you're open to judgment and then you start to make assertions like this is what i believe in this is what i think this is it's like like something in you kind of lifts at the same time as like sort of powers up yeah and you're still going to have sticky points but i guess it's the transformative nature of um doing something that goes out to the world every single day yeah and that's kind of what i wanted to circle back to because 10 years ago I was like, well, like that doesn't make any sense at all like there's more transformation in self-help books or meditation or whatever yeah. this is like using a content platform to grow yeah. by putting things out that 
you're afraid of doing but then stepping through that and then even if people don't engage with it you keep going anyway yeah for it somehow it, it sounds trivial but it's quite it's important like it's effective too well i think something you said there resonates so much it's to start off with it's like if you can't trust yourself how can we ever expect anyone else to trust the work that we're putting out there so for me it was i i didn't trust myself and my ability to contribute i've relaunched my youtube channel four times over the last 10 years and i wasn't in the place to trust my own word and i would come out and i'd make a video saying hey guys I'm back, <laughs> I'm gonna be uploading, and then I would drop off. Yeah. And this all, you know, this disappointed me just as much as it disappointed the people that were trying so hard to follow me. Like I've had people tell me, like, I'm trying so hard, Sean, to follow you, but you can't keep like I'm losing trust in your trust. word. Yeah. So it has to start with gaining trust in your word. And how do we do that? Well, we do that by frequency, by setting up for, for me it was by setting up almost a, a, an impossible task as a challenge this is what resonated with me because um, i know how my own brain works and if someone tells me i can't do something then i do it that's how i've always worked so i was like well what if i tell myself i can't like what if i trick myself into using that positive reinforcement of hey let's set this ridiculous challenge so this resonated for me and then as we've talked a little bit about, it's, it's this daily repetition, it's this waking up, um, it's surrendering to the task, this is what I'm doing, this is the posture I'm holding. By the fourth day, I started dreaming about the, vlog, mm. the, the vlogs. It was like I had a clip to film the next day and I woke myself up. Mm. So it's taking those individual steps. I knew then the habit was starting to be formed. Mm. And then that opened up and you know, setting up as a process, understanding that you don't need to make the best video on the first day, that's impossible. But if we work on habit creation first, and then once that habit creation is, is there, then we're open up to a bit, bit better for color. You know, I can think about the color shot today. And then storytelling is gonna come in. And it's, if you start to break it up into these processes, then each day we're getting a little bit better and a little bit better. But unless we are hitting it on a regular basis, it's not going to be practical for everyone to do daily. It's just, you know, some people are working full time, some people don't. But let's create a circumstance where you are able to gain trust in yourself and frequency is going to be the way to do that. I actually think that everyone can do daily. I yeah. think that the place that you cut is the production value. Mm -hmm. So Russell Brunson started podcasting five yeah. minute episodes because that was a time from home to work. Yeah. And his whole thing is like until your first hundred episodes, yeah. you're not even on the court. Yeah. Like you, you, so, but the quality was terrible. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. But I think then they got better and he figured out how to get better in the context of the car ride. Sure. Um, as a very, like as a learning and through frequency, it's like, firstly, we don't know what we don't know. We, make, we quite often make the assumptions we know what's going to take off and what's done, what doesn't. And if we're out fishing for sharks, we have to be throwing the, the reel in and we're going to hit 
we're going to get a lot of fish before we get a shark. So we have to be trying, trying, trying. And because of the way that social platforms are set up these days, it is a feedback loop. There's been no time in history where the feedback loop has been so direct. So if you take your ego out of it and you don't care about the numbers, then the audience are going to tell you what they like and don't like. If something, I don't believe you should be creating only for the audience, but if someone says to you, hey, I don't like this, then that's data generation, mm. right? Or if someone says, hey, this, this is great content, then you add that to the mental note. Mm. And then you go, okay, maybe I can lean a little bit more in that direction. And then micro progressions every day, every day. In 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, you're gonna, it's like the asteroid moving towards, you know, you're gonna move, moving towards the planet only has to shift a little bit. And it's, you know, each little shift is gonna change the direction. You need to be making those shifts every day, lean into the direction, gather the feedback, this works, this doesn't, and then suddenly 90 days from now, you will know, it, it'll be clear to you. Yeah, yeah, um, just, so, just to circle back so it's super clear what we're getting at. The concept is that even if you don't know how to do something well, and you don't even know what that, say, say I wanted to, say I wanna be a writer, Yeah. The concept would be that, okay, what, what we believing in what we're talking about here is that it's basically easier to become, like if you write something every day, yeah. you just start day one. Well, it's my auntie's birthday. I'm going to write a, I'm going to write a happy birthday message to it. Yeah. Or I'm going to just write something about my auntie's story. Day two, I don't know what to write. I'm going to write about, you know, the new puppy my neighbor got, right? Through just the and it's not even have to be i don't even think it has to be incredibly intentional practice i think through volume it gets better yeah it's like a baby doesn't learn to walk because of instruction and yeah. intention yeah it's like they just naturally want to get forward and so it happens yeah you know we don't i think people get caught up in feedback's great and they, but they get caught up in like well it's i don't know exact structure for storytelling or yeah. i don't like but it's it's literally the essence of all of this is literally consistently showing up. Yeah. Like every, like every day, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I think that it all comes back to, and I've had some really interesting comp uh, conversations with, with some very high level creators over the last, you know, couple of weeks, couple of months. And, like for me, this is that if we want to, like, it does come back to why are we doing this, you know, and it keeps coming back to this. It's like for me, I want the light, like, I want to live in a world where I can do these things. Like, there's not a, there's the urgency is just there for me. Mm. Um, I mean, maybe the question needs to be, I, <laughs> If, if, if you, if you want to write and you wake up each day and it's not something that you want to do, then maybe that's not the thing that you should be doing, mm. right? If, and resistance comes in so many forms, so that can be definitely a form of resistance. But oh, I just believe that... I think the medium matters less yeah. than what... The, the transfer, transformation can come regardless of the media. Well, we... It's intention, like because of so, like people think that 
a lot of people think that you have to have a presence or that because of Instagram and because of TikTok, I feel some people are caught up with being an Instagrammer mm. or being a blogger yeah, or right. being a, a, a TikToker. Do you think looking at the kind of what instead of the why? Yeah, and reality is it's a singer on TikTok that's popular or it's a photographer on yeah. Instagram that's popular or it's yeah. a writer that's popular on a blog. And you have to, you don't have to, but you should be able to fall in love with the process, you know, and be able to work on the craft. And that's why volume is so important because then you are work. We know basic, you know, we know human psychology that um, if you practice something through reps, repetition, you are going to get better at it. So, yeah, I guess it's just, I want to live in the world where I can do parkour every day, you know. So what allows me to get there? Well, firstly, I have to train. So I train every day. And then content creation has always been just as important for me. So if I want to be able to do, you know, if I want to get better at that, I'm doing that. Like these are fundamental beliefs that I've always had. Resistance got the better of me and I moved further away from them. When I started asking myself, what is my genuine self? I realigned with that volume is the only way I'm going to get back to that end destination. So that's, that's why I'm on this journey. Mm. And, and yeah, I, once again, it's, that's my own personal take on all of that, but it all does, it kind of starts with why, like we, mm. we started with the conversation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Does I, that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And I think the, um, the transformation, it's exactly right. Like the, 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 the writing or, it's nothing really to do with, I mean, the small metrics that come are the last thing on yeah. the, like, I guess the benefits. Yeah. Um, it's the, it's the willingness to stand up in a room yeah. and say something that you believe in. Yeah. And then we've just taken that concept and we've just spread it across either vlogging, blogging, podcast, whatever. All of these are just different tables to stand up on yeah but it's the ability and willingness to say you know what like i believe in this this might help you if you're a parkour athlete coming up yeah and you're it's making change right yeah. it's like you're you're taking a stand for something and you could do it offline yeah you could you could stand at the street every day exactly. and that'd work too exactly the 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 what the platform the small metric like that's that's the practitionership and distribution and all these things but the fact that you're raising your hand every day to yeah. say something is, I think, I think that's the essence of it. Well, I think the point is, and what I'm trying to get out is that the platforms are interchangeable. Yeah. You know, I'm on YouTube right now. That's where I picked to be. But I also recognize I watched the MySpace generation overnight, a whole platform that people had built their, all their friend group and following and all sorts of stuff. It died. So it's, it comes back to what's the purpose of this and f you know what skill are you trying to develop and then that that you can it could be for any platform but the attachment to a platform will only lead to some sort of disappointment in the future when instagram one day they find out zuckerberg is actually a robot and no one wants to actually go on there anymore what's the underlying what are you trying to do for you like you would like to i would imagine you'd like to write a book one day so your blog over the last 920 episodes 
you've been working that skill of writing and when you sit down to to write that book in six months two years you're going to be able to do it and i have absolute belief that that's not going to be a problem for you for me um i i want to be able to create i want to be able to make videos i want to be able to use my voice so the platforms that are working for me right now is podcasting mm. and youtube and they're inter- intertwined as well because my podcasting has helped my, the way I present myself on camera. Yeah. But if YouTube disappears tomorrow, well, then I've, I've built the foundation. Correct. Then yeah, I yeah. will just pick up the next platform. Yeah, yeah. that's you know? exactly right. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm trying to get at through this yeah. is work on the skill. Yeah. Because then, and then leads are coming in. Yeah. And now I'm getting work just by this 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 work I've been doing on myself, this volume, this high volume creation, this yeah. putting myself in these almost crazy challenge. It, 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 I mean, I think we need to put a pin on that just to kind of like wrap it up. Like it sounds, I don't actually know anyone who's gotten kind of anywhere meaningful that I can think of at the moment without a ton of volume yeah like whether it was your parkour training or you know like like thousands of repetitions um you know i always talk about the grateful dead it's like 2300 concerts or yeah something. yeah, or yeah. Or steve aoki yeah, like yeah did like i don't know 250 or something in one year yeah yeah with like 65 different cities or 55 different cities in 65 days yeah um and he's one of the best. And I think that um, you, once you see that and at the same time go, actually, well, two, three years isn't that long, then it becomes a case of like, okay, cool, where do I start tomorrow? Because really I've got to get comfortable and just da, 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 yeah. da, like yeah. whatever it is. And it's you, you kind of have to. Like there's yeah. not really another way to get to the, the, the other side. No. Yeah. Not that there is another side. Yeah. All right, man. Anything else you want to wrap up with? Um, no, I just thank you for having me back. And I enjoy these conversations. So, yeah, I'm not always 100% right. But um, I believe that volume is, is somewhere that, you know, if you want to be within this online space, you know, this is what I talk to, talk to my marketing clients about all the time. Um, the world has changed so much in the last two to three years when it comes to content. And even from your business standpoint, it's the scrolling generation and you have to be in people's face. One piece of content, two pieces of content is not enough. If you want your brand to be seen, you have to be in a world where you're creating volume, even just from a branding standpoint. You know, I, I pitch 30, 30 bits of content in 30 days to my clients now. Mm. It's like, how do we get into a position where we can create so you are being seen every yeah, day. Yeah. So unfortunately, like, yeah, like um, if you if you're have a front-facing business that needs content, that needs that presence in the world, then, then these things at least need to be considered. Um, yeah, and that's probably where I'll end that. Yeah. 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 All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, And thank you, Sean, for joining us. And we'll see you all on the next show. Cheers, brother. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yes.
That's it for this episode of the Access Potential Podcast. Don't forget, if you haven't yet, jump across to the website, johntmarsh.com, sign up for the daily blog, and receive a short little email from me each day to your email inbox at 8 o'clock in the morning. Thanks again. I'll see you on the next episode.